everybody. Welcome to the Knight Rider Podcast. It is December 13, 2021. We are in the Holyoke Public Schools Media Center, and we are really excited to have Aaron and Dean here from Holyoke Public Schools to have a discussion about middle school redesign. And let's just go around and introduce ourselves. My name is Zach Peru, and I teach the Herald here at Holyoke High School in journalism and business classes. Um, I'm Sage. I'm a senior at the high school. Um, I'm Olivia Mazza. I'm in 12th grade and I'm a writer for the Holyoke High Herald. Hi, I'm Erin Linville. I'm Chief of Strategy and Turnaround for the district. This is my seventh year here. Hi, I'm Dean Santiago. I am the Family Access and Engagement Coordinator um, for Peck School. Um, this is my fourth year. Um, thank you. Erin and Dean, welcome. Thanks so much for joining us. And we have Olivia and Sage who both went through the middle grades here at Hoyo Public Schools. So Erin, you want to start talking about uh, some of your work here with the middle grades redesign and some of our plans moving forward? Great. That would be lovely. Thanks. So Dean and I were a part of, like a, I think it was about 15 people as part of a middle grades collaborative study team. And so we wanted to bring a group of educators together. We had school leaders, teachers, counselors, family and community engagement staff, district people to talk about, and a lot of them are parents too, to talk about the middle grades experience in Holyoke. This is going back from like five or six years ago. We heard a lot about how Holyoke used to have separate elementary and middle schools. Then we went to the K to eight model and that people prefer distinct elementary and middle schools. And so we've made, as you know, with like, cha- I know you guys went to Ian White, changing Ian White from a K to eight school to a K to five school, pre-K to five, we have made some changes, but we still have some schools like Selvin and McMahon that are still K to eight. So we wanted to study, we wanted, we wanted to study like best practices in middle level education, study specifically Holyoke's um, data about middle school, do a lot of like talking with people about what do we want the middle grades um, experience in Holyoke especially to be. Um, Dean, do you want to talk about some of the like things that we did to help arrive at a, some recommendations? So uh, we were given a lot of homework. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was over with, but it wasn't. Um, <laughs> um, so we, um, we were provided with a lot of data and um, reading material of, um, from other schools that had done this, um, other um, other schools that were tr- having the same challenges, and then um, coming, we would get together and analyze um, the data that we we read, and then try to see how we could implement it within our schools. We also talked to a lot of people. Like we had, um, I talked to like a high school classroom. We hosted some family and community meetings, and we did a survey. We had. Uh, more than 500 responses to get input from people about like what they would like to see in middle level education in Holyoke. Yeah, so I'm looking at that survey right now. 86% middle school programming should include an advisory period. Is that something that you're looking to implement? Yeah. Because we do have like a squad advisory here at the high school. Yeah, and I'd love to hear a little bit more about squad advisory too, but that was like a like we looked at recommendations for academic, social, emotional learning, operations and equity and the kind of that advisory period fell under the social emotional one and was the was the biggest kind of new recommendation of like like I feel like some middle schools have kind of dabbled with a little bit of advisory but you know when you talk to schools um, that have a really strong advisory period there's like there's a curriculum 
teachers get time to like understand the curriculum, work with students. It's and it's like a, it's a more it's meets quite regularly for it's not just like a 15 minute check in. It's like it's like a robust classroom period. So I'd love to hear more about what squad looks like here and then kind of what you think advisory in middle school like do you think that would be useful what would be some of the most important parts of that and if you don't mind i'm going to take some notes yeah too. of course Sage, Olivia, any um, thoughts on how squads going so far this year we've had advisory in your time here right wasn't it called advisory when you first started it was school? my freshman year yeah that's yeah right. we had like this whole block just to study and do what we needed to do but is is squad now um, Wednesday after homeroom? Correct. It's the first block I every even, Wednesday. I don't even know. <laughs> um, for our squad or advisory, in our class we focus on how to handle our emotions. I think that's the lessons that we're supposed to be taught right now. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't, I mean, I think all of us know how to already handle our emotions. So most of the time, it's just people either on the computer doing schoolwork that they need to get finished or homework that they didn't do the night before, rather than doing the learning plan because we're just not really interested in it because we've already had many years to understand our emotions and how to filter them and how to handle them. What do you think? How's it going for you this year with, with squad first block every Wednesday? Um... I mean, yeah, totally agree. I mean, for me, personally, I tend to keep my emotions down deep in the rabbit hole. <laughs> Comes after your writing, though, right? Yeah. <laughs> Do you, thinking back on your middle school experience, did you have anything like advisory, or did you, do you feel like there would be value in, kind of, when, when we were hearing about having an advisory period in middle school, there were a lot of things. Some was about kind of mental health and social emotional learning. Some of it was about college and career, just like exploration. And then um, other parts of it was kind of like about, kind. I know some people here have done AVID, like kind of like study skills, um, kind of learning how to be, you know, kind of best practices in being a good student. And then just having that kind of smaller community where you can, like they're your people. So those were a lot of the driving factors behind the recommendation for advisory. I'm curious, like, did you have anything like that in your middle school experience? Do you think it would help middle school students here in Holyoke? Do you want to go first, or? I don't think we had that. Yeah, um, I think it would be beneficial because I think in our school we didn't really have that. And uh, I know Tuesdays and Wednesdays for G Block, there's a teacher named Miss Belden, and she let us talk to freshmen in freshman seminar because mm -hmm. they had recently just come from middle school because of COVID. Mm -hmm. And we asked them what was something that could have been beneficial to learn while you were in middle school, and they said more about high school mm -hmm. because they felt like they weren't really prepared and set up to transition, and what middle school tells you versus what high school is actually like is very different. Yeah. Um, and just having that extra time as well in middle school to understand college, especially when you start getting into high school, everything's kind of thrown at you. Mm -hmm. So slowly being integrated into that and starting to understand what you're going to be getting into in the future, I feel like is very beneficial for 7th, 8th graders and even 6th graders. Yeah, Olivia, that's a lot of what we've heard too, especially in the K-8 to model. Like, it's, it's a, I mean, Ian White's like a pretty small school, like um, even building-wise. And 
you're probably were in one section of the school my guess is that middle, as middle schoolers too and we hear sometimes like even middle school students kind of walk in a group with their teacher to the lunchroom and stuff and then you come here where there's like a, like upwards of what's enrollment now is 800 900 no, I think it's okay, 1200 okay. at North Campus yeah, like that's a, and you're having to get to all the different parts of the building, even things like transitions and, and having support for more independence in the middle school experience, like kind of guided independence is something mm -hmm. like I, I hear a lot from um, from students. I don't know if you have Yeah, because that add. was definitely something that came up um, during our um, analysis because um, we were also looking at what the parents were saying um, for um, the surveys um, and that lack of preparation for the students or the, um, that division between the grades, um, they would like to see that more because the elementary kids, or the middle school students were kind of, they felt were getting treated still as elementary kids. Mm. You know, so then by the time they went to um, high school, they weren't ready to be independent. The like, best thing, oh sorry, no, the best thing my middle school teachers ever taught me was, in eighth grade, I remember them stressing, when you get into high school, this is no longer going to be acceptable, you know, and she, they were talking about being late or, you know, missing homework or expecting teachers to remind us of tests or quizzes. They would always get us prepared for the next level. Mm -hmm. And the good thing that I remember about my high school teachers was also senior year, junior year, preparing us for the next level being in college. This is going to be acceptable in college. This is not going to be acceptable in college. And I always really felt prepared for what was coming ahead. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you, you feel that you got that preparation when you were in middle school. <laughs> no, you feel it more once you get into high school, junior, Catching senior up. year. Yeah, you start realizing that you need to start picking up the pace with what you're doing and that everything that you kind of learned in middle school didn't really apply to high school. So now you're struggling and trying to get everything done. That's why I feel like advisory huh. and having these types of conversations with middle schoolers is really important and should be implemented. There, there should be a time for this to be talked about. Um, oh, real quick, I just want to say we got a bunch of feedback through the survey from parents, students, teachers, and stuff mm -hmm. on what our vision should be. And the vision that we came up with was HPS middle schools equip students with the skills and experiences to excel academically and socially in high school and beyond. And like a lot of times I feel like there's, you know, vision statements are very complicated, super long, very aspirational, talking a long time out. And we really wanted to focus on like middle school is to prepare, just like you guys are saying, for the next, for the next step so that you can then take advantage of all the opportunities, be it the academies or CVTE programs, dual enrollment, et cetera, once you get into high school. Absolutely. D does anyone have any thoughts of their middle school experience or we were talking about advisory squad here at the high school? Any thoughts? Um, see if anyone had anything to say. <laughs> All right. We're a quiet audience. That's okay though. Um, anything else that you wanted to? I've, I, I had some questions about some of the um, survey results, but if you want to add anything before that, that's fine. Um, something, um, I was looking back at the data to prepare for today and some other things that were a little bit surprising or sobering to me was, you know, we looked, we did this panorama culture and climate survey, as you know, and we had that 61% of middle school students feel like they belong in school. Um, less than half of middle school students are on track for high school and that um, only 21% of students felt like middle school meet, met their interests, like they had activities and opportunities that met their interests. So 
I just feel like we've done some work around literacy. I, I feel like we've done a lot of work at the high school level with more opportunities and it kind of, that data for me just kind of reinforced like middle school right now is kind of this like forgotten middle, you know, forgotten, forgotten grades that like do deserve more attention. It's like such an important time in kids' development. Absolutely. Yeah, those adolescent years are so important. That stood out to me that 21% students feel their school has opportunities and activities that meet their interests and needs. So if they, if we implemented more clubs in the middle grades, would that be a step in the right direction? Yeah, I would love to turn it to you guys. Like what, what opportunities did you have in middle school? Um, or like what do you feel like you would have liked to have? And then Dean, I'd also, I know you had a really positive middle school experience. I'd love to hear about that too. Do you have any suggestions? Oh, okay. Um, middle school. Well. In, wasn't very, at my school, it wasn't very like diverse in race and sexual orientation stuff like that and like you said middle school is kind of like the forgotten grades mm -hmm. and when I look back like it wasn't the greatest and a lot of the time it was just lectures and them telling us you have to do this and you have to do that and most of the time people didn't do that and so when we got to high school, ugh, you just like kind of forget what you were taught and have to relearn everything else. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we heard a lot from students like we would like opportunities for more hands-on learning because it's more memorable. Um, and engaging would that have been something that it sounds like that might have been something that like more project-based learning at times um, might have been better for your middle school experience yeah there wasn't really much to do looking back on middle school it was basically just your four common core classes that you need to get done there wasn't any extracurricular activities there wasn't any clubs there wasn't anything interesting and when I looked at other schools like Peck I also didn't see that and it's disappointing because when you look at other schools, the reputation of Peck was just for kids who were troubled to be sent there. Like that's what we heard from our school and that's what you heard from other schools and it, it shouldn't have been like that. So it made, it made you want to avoid going to those schools. And also our schools being public and hearing constantly that you're underfunded so we can't have these certain projects or we need to constantly fundraise to even be able to do anything mm -hmm. was just really disappointing and it made you not want to be there because it's like there isn't much to do we're learning the same things we've learned for the past I don't even know how many what eight eight grades and it's just not motivating and when you hear about high school you hear about these clubs and these field trips and these academies and it has so much to offer so you just want to get out of middle school it's not entertaining it's not something you're looking forward to to go to every single day because it's the same thing over and over and over again. And it's been the same thing since sixth through eighth. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, did you want to share a little bit? I know you went to school in Florida, but you had a positive middle school experience. Yes, and I think that's what I kind of brought to the table was because we were discussing about what the middle school experience should be. And fortunate for me, um, at my school, um, it was very team oriented. Um, all the 
that you had your teachers that were in their own teams and they would collaborate a lot together. And so their subjects that we were learning was spread out through all your classes. So, but it had that you know, science component or math component, but we were all working towards the same goal. Um, tons of ha hands-on activities. Um, that was very helpful because like you said, it wasn't boring yeah. um, for me. I always look, looked forward to different projects that we were working on. I could hone my skills that I already had. Um, the schools were very engaging with the parents and made the kids kind of show off um, their school, um, like especially like open house, it wasn't really the teachers doing the open house, it was more like the students were doing the open house um, and guiding the parents around the schools, giving them tours, saying what they were learning. Um, we, we would build different things specifically for open house or different events that we had going on so that the showcase was the kids' work. Um, so, I mean, I know a lot of the extracurricular activities were extremely important at my school. Um, and it helped kids figure out what what classes they wanted to go into for high school. Sure, and maybe even like a major in college. Right? In college, maybe you can find something that you're interested in. Absolutely, you study. We used to tour colleges. Oh wow. Um, we what else did we do? We, the, the school was very involved and um, very engaging. Do you mind me asking what part of Florida that was? In West Palm, West oh. Palm Beach. Oh, Palm Beach County Schools. Mm -hmm. Oh, great. Oh, wow. And I do want to give credit, like, a lo I mean, we have made changes to middle school, and so, like, this upcoming Friday, Holyoke STEM is having a STEM Beats concert. They have a, because they have a music teacher there, which I know a lot of um, our middle schools haven't been able to have music. So, like, I, I do want to recognize the middle schools that are making progress, but there's still a lot more progress um, to be made so that students have those opportunities that you guys were all talking about. Any other ideas for different clubs, extracurricular activities the schools can implement in the middle grades? Um, something that I saw here is oh. dual language. Okay. So yeah. I know at Ian White, since we were the last class, I now see mm -hmm. in the lower grades they're both learning English and Spanish. I feel <laughs> like that's an opportunity that middle school students should also get because when you come to high school, you're able to take multiple languages. Um, and I think it'd be nice for middle schoolers to have the opportunity because I know a lot of students come here and they're like, I want to take French or I want to take Spanish or whatever other language there is. They're very into it. Mm -hmm. And it, it makes you have to sit down and actually be involved and be intrigued. Another thing as well is the culture around the school. So Ian White originally had murals on the wall, which was completely covered and it made the atmosphere really like not to be like a downer but it gave it a prison feeling to everything it was very not colorful and it didn't represent anyone's cultures and it wasn't something that you were looking forward to to going out into the hallway and look at mm -hmm. well here at Holyoke High when you finally come here you can actually do your own murals mm -hmm. so I feel mm -hmm. like culture and classes revolve around culture like ethnic studies should be implemented more as well in middle schools because not only is it a very interesting class but it makes you feel more connected to your community, especially since Holyoke is a very diverse place to live in when it comes to races and ethnicity. A couple, a lot of what you just said, Olivia, really resonates with me. The, um, the dual language program, especially as Superintendent Soto continues to do his entry planning, like continues to come up as a strength. And then similarly, 
but it shouldn't just be kids in dual language that have access to world languages. So that was a key recommendation as well, like access to languages, um, heritage language or, or world languages. And then, um, and then we didn't actually spend a lot of time talking about the physical environment. So I just want to name that that's a really good takeaway from us. And like, especially thinking about like how could middle schoolers be involved? Like you're saying about like, what do we want the physical the physical space in our building to be. We're obviously hoping to, and over time, build one new middle school, but that not everyone will be in a new middle school, And but there's still things we can really do to be like purposeful about the space and have it be inviting and welcoming. Um, with ethnic studies now, every I, I believe it's every seventh and eighth grader, except for at Veritas, does get a, a ethnic studies. So that has been, I know like Ian White was kind of like the, um, Petri dish, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess. Um, I don't know. There's probably a nicer word. Pilot um, for ethnic studies, oh, honest, and then yeah. that has like um, definitely dish. has um, <laughs> spread. I know petri dish right now in times of COVID, though, is probably not the best analogy, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's accurate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so th I just want to say, like, I definitely heard some of that, and then also, but there's some more. T I really appreciate that takeaway around like, what does the physical look like. That was in the data here. It was 75% of students say their culture and native language are respected. I mean, mm -hmm. you could take that two ways, but I feel like it probably should be a little bit more than that that we're looking for, right? Yeah. We're looking to aim a little higher than that. Yeah, and I think that's also about, I'd be curious, like, how student, when the students take that, you know, question. Hmm. I think that's also not just physical space, but, like, how people are treated. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, it's one of the highlights, but you're right the flip side of 75% is 25% don't Absolutely. feel Absolutely. that way. <laughs> no, and then I just want to say thank you for, you know, giving us your opinions and your thoughts about these things. And I think it's very important that we keep on hearing those things from parents and from, from students because that's the only way we're going to um, be able to change. So, like, the surveys that we send out, it's very important that, you know, everyone go ahead and do that and give their thoughts out so that the changes can be made. So moving forward, I see there's two possible uh, options mm -hmm. for the middle grades. One option one is five through eight. Mm -hmm. Option two is six through eight. Mm -hmm. So there is no plan set in place where uh, how you're moving forward. It's still up for debate. Is that is that what's happening right now? Yeah, it's it's been great to kind of do, do a roadshow on this on this question because when we came to that recommendation, that was like early October, so two months ago. And now we've met with um, or shared the presentation with um, all the middle schools, um, teacher advisory group, school committee, um, and, con and we met with principals to talk about it. And so we continue to get more feedback. Um, before I share like what feedback I've been getting, I would love to hear from you guys. Like, what did you? What do you feel like middle school should be? Like five to eight or six to eight? What do you feel? And a lot of us said undecided, so it's okay if undecided mm -hmm. is the answer. I was initially an undecided, and then I've changed my mind since then. What do you think some of the advantages of that would be, or disadvantages? Well, high school is 9 to 12, mm -hmm. so 12 is like big parents, and 9 is little siblings. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And 5 to 8 would be 8, no, 
big pants, little siblings, and the eighth graders can learn to like help mm -hmm. these fifth graders and be a mentor. Right. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Um, what do you think? I like sixth through eight just because I feel like when I look at students in fifth grade, they're they're still very young. They're well, around nine, ten years old. Once you're in sixth, you're maybe eleven. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like they should still remain at least uh, even separated just a bit. Or even if there is a school with fifth through eight and sixth through eight, if the parents feel like they're comfortable with having their children being surrounded by much older students and they feel comfortable with that, then that's good for them. And even if there's another school that is fifth through eight or sixth through eight, they, as long as they have the option. And also, um, since most students don't have like the voice to speak because most parents are supposed to be doing these, I feel like the parents should really sit down and speak to their children and figure out what they're most comfortable with because when, when you're in like fifth grade, you're looking up at the eighth graders and you're like, wow, you're really old. And then you're in eighth grade, <laughs> you're in eighth grade and you're like, wow, you guys are really young. Like, how, how is this set up? Why, why was this like this allowed or not allowed? But, you know, like when you look back at yourself, like looking at me in fifth grade, I can't imagine myself being mixed in with seventh and eighth and sixth graders. But being in sixth grade, I'd feel much more comfortable because I'm much more older and I understand that this is where I'm headed. And then once now I'm in eighth grade to high school, I'm like, this is where I'm going. Mm -hmm. Did you want to share what your, kind of what your opinion was? I think, I think we have very much the similar kind of thoughts on that. Um, working in a middle school, um, sometimes, because we have fourth and fifth grade at our school, and sometimes I'll look at it and I'm like, is this kid in the right school? <laughs> like, he, he, seems, he seems very small to be with all these older kids. Um, and I think it can be intimidating sometimes for, uh, for those little ones. And at the same time, I think it influences a lot um, their mental world because I think they're probably being exposed to older thinking a little too soon. Mm -hmm. And they need more guidance than like a sixth through eighth grade um, student would. Yeah, so the biggest takeaway from the collaborative study team was like either one can definitely work it's just like it's up to us as adults to implement it well. So like it's it's not something to be done too quick. It's like you really need to prepare, get the right people, get the right teachers in place, build the right school culture, and either can work. Um, the more I've talked with people over the past two months, though, the more six to eight does seem to be a preference. And, and it's really, and I think the, even though we're, we're making a long-term decision here, but I think what's even... I think the pandemic has um, kind of even reinforced even more so about the level of preparedness we would want for a sixth grade and how for years we're going, like students are going to be catching up academically and socially. And so that, so that more and more people keep on being like, you know, fifth graders aren't ready to be quite in that middle school environment even though there is ways that you could make it feel like a smaller community that to kind of take advantage of everything that people want in the sixth grade, um, seventh and eighth grade, uh, most people seem to be preferring a grades um, six to eight, but which is more t traditional. I mean, I do think that either can work well. I think another advantage of 
being grades six through eight is that the dual language program would be a strand um, in one of the middle schools, like a team or a house or pod, um, and that and that way then that helps also ensure that students in the dual language program have access to the same types of enrichment or elective opportunities or specials, whatever you call them, and that if someone decides like not to be in dual language, you know, sometimes people decide to not be in the program anymore, then there's then they don't have to switch schools. They could be, they could stay at their same school. So I think we'll hear more from, I know Superintendent Soto really wanted to make that decision with the school committee. So I think we're gonna hear more from them about it, but it's really is like a community decision and then a community discussion about like, how do we get to that ideal state of two middle schools when right now we have 11 elementary and middle schools and nine different grade configurations. like. We need to have a bridge plan to get to where we'd like to be. Absolutely. Sounds good. Sounds like there's good work being done. Um, Olivia Sage, do you have any other questions for Aaron or Dean moving forward? Plans in middle grades? I'm just uh, happy that now like the middle school is finally getting the attention that it deserves yeah. because you're always hearing about elementary changes and it's always revolving around the younger students, but what happens to those younger students when they start getting into middle school and how do they feel about just the rapid change of the environment? So it's just nice knowing that changes are being made and that people are putting into consideration about how these older students feel now. It's just, it's just nice to hear. Oh, good. Is there any other advice that you want to give us in terms of like how to make sure middle school could best prepare kids for high school? We're also hoping to work with the middle uh, um, superintendents, those hoping to have a middle school cabinet, and then also visit with the high school cabinet to make sure we have many opportunities for student voice. But I um, would love to hear if you guys have anything else to offer as wise veterans, seniors. Do you have any ideas? Sage has ideas. It will probably come out like in thinking. <laughs> future articles. Well, you've already shared a lot of good suggestions, so about like hands-on learning and extracurricular opportunities, so I appreciate that. I feel like bringing um, like a few high schoolers from mm. ninth grade who have just transitioned into high school should come and speak to the, the seventh or eighth grade students yeah. just to inform them what it's actually yeah. like. So that, that isn't going on right now? I have no idea. <laughs> and when I was in middle school, that never happened. I was just kind of yeah. tossed in, yeah. like, hey, here you go. I um, remember eighth graders coming in uh, 2018 or 19, right before COVID hit. Um, but they came to us. Yes. I'm not sure we went to them. That's kind of like being thrown into Ooh. a building and being like, here you go. I know there's tours and there was, you know, you could ask the students questions and everything, but it was kind of like you were rushed. Oh, yeah. Like the student just kind of wanted to like show you the building and then get on with what they needed to do. Oh wow! And um, I remember walking around the high school and people being like, "Oh, get out while you can!" And I was like, "What's going on?" Like, <laughs> <that's> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was like, "What's wrong with this?" Like the school's amazing, but like the students were just trying to be funny. I didn't realize yeah. I was older because I had that mentality. I'm like, "Ooh, spook them," because they're younger. But yeah, I feel like uh, the students idea. would be more comfortable if uh the the freshmen came over to their school because it's like an oh, yeah. environment they're more comfortable with not being thrown into this huge building when there's transitions going on or even before school starts i just feel like it it, it, it make them feel better it, it make sure. them feel more prepared i like that especially like, high school. like <laughs> alumni <laughs> like 
you know, alumni from the middle school going back, like Holyoke STEM alum coming back to Holyoke STEM, like you might recognize someone yeah. or have, yeah. you have a sibling there. Mm -hmm. I think, do you have a suggestion? Thank you, thank you. So I know that when I was transitioning into the ninth theater, Holyoke and I have a program called Freshwater Tavern, mm -hmm. and we would all from different middle schools get together, and we would have these little classes, A, B, and C, and D, and then we'd have lunch, and it would take up like maybe half of the day during mm -hmm. the summer, and it was like, a, I think a six-week thing. So it gets the eighth graders ready to become freshmen, or like to get like a sense of like what it would be like in the building, like Olivia said. Um, I'm not sure if we do that anymore, but I know that that helps me get comfortable with my surroundings. Great. That was like the orient, the like three-day, half-day orientation before, um, before school opened, like before 10th, 11th, yeah, and 12th graders were here. It was a whole six-week program. Yeah, it was okay. A program. And they called it freshman orientation, and it was just okay. Freshmen. Great. So it's like a summer program. I do remember hearing about that, and I have to admit, I feel like. Sometimes our summer programming is like not, it's not always super consistent because sometimes the funding and stuff. And, and I feel like, I often feel like summer programming for eighth to ninth grade is like, is a, a really big missed opportunity. Either we don't have it or not a lot of students take advantage of it. I think, I think, I don't even think we really had anything super focused on that grade span for the last two years and like but that transition from eighth to ninth grade is like the pivotal transition in the students like k-12 to career so that's a really good point like how are we supporting kids so that they're ready um and feel comfortable instead of spending i know as a freshman in high school i kind of spent the whole first year kind of figuring it out oh, yeah. you know i you know i made it through obviously but you know <laughs> there's you could figure it out in six weeks, that'd be even better. Yeah, looking back, that is a really important transition yeah. in, in your whole academic career, you know, really K through 12 and beyond. So yeah. Any, uh, before we end, any other thoughts, uh, Aaron or Dean, before we close? Yeah, yeah, it's a, a lot. yeah to put a plug in for what Dean said too is like, if you uh, see opportunity, if anyone sees opportunities for like have attend a meeting about middle school or um, or like do a survey about middle school or if someone's interested in um, being a part of the middle school there's a middle school building committee about building a new middle school right now if someone's interested in being a part of those like I, I would appreciate people reach out and just like even though especially for high school students you're beyond that but like your voice is really important you're 20 years more recent middle schoolers than me and we want to make sure that um, that what we build reflects what kids um, today need. So appreciate your involvement and thoughts today. Thanks for having us. Thank you very much, Aaron Linville and Dean Santiago. Thanks very much for coming out here. And Sage and Olivia, we appreciate you joining us. And thanks for watching this episode of the Knight Rider podcast. Thanks to Mike Hines for producing. We'll see you next time.